The OPC, what is that and what do you need to know about it? We'll find out today with Dr. Jeff Mark of the OPC. Hello out there in podcast world, this is Renew Gurus. I am your host, James Owen. I'm also the executive director of Renew Missouri. We want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, with us on the boards, producer Matthew Patterson, who is also like the policy something for Renew Missouri. What are you, Matthew? Uh, head trash uh, collector, take it out, uh, head janitor, I guess. Okay, I knew we were going to find a joke there. Right? <laughs> um, we are, we are, we are uh, in Jefferson City. We're on the road again. We were in Springfield for our, our last uh, Renew Gurus, and we're in Jefferson City. The, uh, the great city of Jefferson, and we are in the office of Dr. Jeff Mark. Uh, Dr. Mark, how are you? I'm great. Okay, so like, kind of like give you a little bit of background about Jeff Mark, and I might ask you a little bit about uh, your background, but you are the chief economist uh, for the Office of Public Counsel. Right. That's, that, yes, that's right. Thanks, James. Yeah, and you've worked at DNR, you've worked at the Public Service Commission staff, you've worked at several... Well, I guess when I say several, you've worked at a couple of agencies. That's right. I've missed one. Would you work at Energy? I, I did work in Energy. Oh yes. my gosh! Yeah. You had to think about that for a second, but I kind of remember it. <laughs> but you have a PhD from St. Louis University. Yes. And you went to the Citadel. I did. I did. Yeah. Little yeah. known fact, right? Little known fact. Where you played <laughs> rugby. I did. I did. See, this is an interesting guess, folks. Okay, so that's all very interesting, um, and we can probably like touch on some of that if we want to. But you, you work. At the Office of Public Council now, that's something that's somewhere I used to work, uh, which every once in a while I get to mention, and every once in a while people will question me about how I could work there and then work at Renew Missouri. But we'll get into that a little bit too. <laughs> but so, kind of in a nutshell, can you tell our our fine listeners what is it that the Office of Public Council does? Well, that that's a great question. The Office of Public Council is um, a, the Quasi-independent agency here housed <laughs> under... Uh, Quasi is using a lot of weight in that. Uh, sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, are, we represent uh, consumers. We are the Consumer Advocate Office for the state of Missouri. We have an automatic uh, intervention in every proceeding in front of the Missouri Public Service Commission. Yeah. So if uh, you ever wondered why your electric bill went up or uh, you know, you're getting an additional surcharge on your gas or water bill... Uh, if it's an investor-owned utility, uh, it's got to go in front of the Missouri Public Service Commission. In our office of 13, I think, at, at the moment. Oh, lucky number, 13. Yes, yes yeah. 13. Uh, 13 staff members uh, represent the public, and that's the public at large. It's small, large, uh, and everything in the middle, uh, customers. Uh, but, but generally, uh, our, I think our main focus is probably on residential and, and small yeah. commercial. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, okay, so, like, when you talk about investor-owned you, if you are out there and you are in the city of Columbia or Springfield and the municipal utility gives you your power, they don't come before the Public Service Commission, right? That's right. And if you are in a rural electric cooperative and there are 43 of those around the state of Missouri, they also don't go in front of the Public Service Commission. That is correct. So basically, it's like if you're a private entity, like say if you are Amron or KCPNL or Empire, they go in front of the Public Service Commission. That's right. This this whole thing that we call regulation is 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 what we say is is a, is a proxy for the market, right? Ah. Uh, people don't get to choose their their electric service provider. 
Uh, if, if it's a municipal or a co-op, th these are essentially nonprofit entities. But when you're a multi-billion dollar company that's publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange and you don't have competition, right? this, without proper regulation, uh, it opens the door for uh, misuse of, of funds, right? Should we say chicanery? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so th this, this, this entire building, which is where we're actually doing this podcast from, uh, from the governor's office building, is really devoted to uh, ensuring that there's, there's a proxy for the market, right? Um, and it, it allows those utilities to, to earn a fair return on their investments. Right. Okay. And so, and, and to make sure everyone's clear about this, I mean, we talk a lot at Renew Missouri. We, we are interveners. We have to get permission to get involved with these cases. And we, are try, we try to get involved with every electric case. We have started getting involved with gas cases. Uh, the Office of Public Council is involved with electric and gas. But they're also involved with water. We are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you had to take a breath on that one. And I think the reason why that's a, a challenge is, one, I mean, there's really one big water utility in the state of Missouri. That's Missouri American Water. But there's also, and this is what I always found to be so uh, challenging about th working in this office, there's all these really little water companies that are privately owned, uh, and they might represent like 100 customers. And you rep you have to deal with them too, and that's tough. And I'll, I'll give you an example of this. I mean, this is kind of a hypothetical. I'm not talking about any particular water company, but like, say, if you're in a subdivision and there's a private water company that provides water there, and let's say they've been doing that for like 20 years, and you've had the same rate for 20 years, and all of a sudden the owner looks around and says, "Holy cow, I've got all this stuff I have to fix. It's going to cost two million dollars for me to fix that." And, oh, I need to, like, increase my rates by 300%. <laughs> and you can imagine people are upset about that. <laughs> and then that leads to, and there's really not a whole lot you can do currently. Like, if they made the improvements and they were reasonable improvements, you kind of got to let them have it, right? Kind of is, is, is probably an, an, an opt word there. Uh, That's a safe answer. It is, yeah. Okay. Uh, the, <laughs> small, small water is an extremely difficult topic. And yeah. for, for all the reasons that you described, uh, the, the, the amount of resources that, that can be devoted to you know, a handful of customers ultimately and those, those sunk investments that haven't been made, that need to be made. Uh, in, in a lot of situations, it's, it's you know, for health reasons, right? Yeah. Or, or, you know, particular uh, federal statutes that have come down. So it is a challenge, and I think it's something that also you know rears its head in, in various bills every uh, mm. every session. So yeah, um, I mean you know we've we've had this period of I don't know like over a decade where there's been a lot of contention at the Missouri Legislature about uh, reforming utility rate making and, and tweaking that and everything else. I mean I I've been looking at the pre-filed bills that uh, just so you all know pre-filing of legislation started on December first. The session starts kind of late this year because uh, January 1st is a Tuesday. That's when they normally start. So since it's a holiday, they're going to start late. Uh, so there are bills that are already out there, but there's not a whole lot on utility issues. There's some, there's a few, and there was a big one involving gas that's been withdrawn, and there's a lot of um, cloaking and daggery about why that was, but it is not there anymore. It'll probably come back. Um, but that's for a gas case. But there's not any like real big electric stuff. To, to my knowledge, I haven't seen any big uh, yeah. electric bills to date. So right we, for for our office, usually we get a preview uh, before the bill's actually introduced. It goes through our office for fiscal notes. 
Yeah. We, we basically provide input as to would this require additional staff on our part or additional work, and then we, we tie a monetary number if, if applicable. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. Which is all, what all the agencies do. That, like, that's correct. If yeah. there's, and this is something maybe you all don't know about state government is when you know the legislature comes up here, they file these bills, they pre-file these bills, and then there is an effort uh, by the executive branch who manages all of the agencies and departments and divisions. They want to say, how much is this going to cost? What would this have to do? What would this change? So there is a process where even these agencies, when they're doing their day-to-day -day work, in addition to everything else, they have to do that work too, um, which is important. You know, obviously the legislature is there as a representative of the people and they have some direction and control over what these agencies do. I mean, heck, public counsel is a creature of statute. Right? Yes, it is. It is. Yes, there is a statute. Okay, and this is kind of um, kind of a post-Watergate thing. Uh, I think uh, the public counsel started in 1974. You know, that, that's a funny thing that you bring up. Oh, is it? It is, because we just <laughs> celebrated our 40th anniversary, and I think it was actually when you were public counsel. Oh. It, it just skipped by us. Wow, so we were, we were, I... I had no idea. I should have baked a cake. Was that in 2016? <laughs> I believe so. So that was four, okay. So it's been around since '76. I think that's. I think that's the. Oh wow! Part. I really should have done some prep for this uh, for the show. But um, <laughs> I really thought it was 1974. Um, so anyway, um, so the public council was created by statute. There had really never been, and, and the public service commission, just so you all know, has been around since 1913. Uh, when they decided that there was enough people producing energy that maybe uh, they should, like, kind of oversee that. What, what's it say? 1975. Oh, my gosh. You know, if you had averaged our answers... I know, right? We would have gotten it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so, and, like, the way the office works is there is a public council. There's a... It has to be a lawyer by statute, and then everyone in the office is supposed to be working for that person. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the public council represents... Well, theoretically, if you're listening to this in Missouri, especially in an investor-owned service territory, they represent you. Um, and then there are, like, lawyers in the Office of Public Counsel that technically represent the Public Counsel. But then you also have economists. That's right. You have engineers. Uh, you have uh, auditors. You have a, a, a decent-sized auditor staff. And then you got, do you guys still have four? We do. We do. Okay. And, and, you know, auditors, I would say, slash accountants. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So people who are able to dig into the books. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, there's also a few other, like, there's another kind of subject matter expert that's part-time that kind of works on things like really cool, exciting concepts like the fuel adjustment clause. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Lena Mantle. Yes. Right? Who is like the FAC maestro for the state of Missouri. So she is. Someday we'll do a really exciting podcast about the FAC and how renewable energy could solve that from even being an issue. <laughs> that's not this, that's not this episode. But, um, so the office of public council is a kind of a small office compared to a lot of agencies. I mean, like, let's say, for example, the Public Service Commission staff, which is a separate from the commission, and it's more, it's supposed to be a neutral body of regulators. They're not supposed to have a, a viewpoint except for the, well, they, I always said the public, but they say it's like they're balancing some interest. I don't know. But, um, yeah, they, they, I guess they play the, the Switzerland role. Yes. Right. Yeah. They're like Casablanca. There you go. Maybe right? that's wrong. But, yeah. Is there like have two Gambling? Gambling? Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> Hedging, I think, is what we call it here. Uh, I think they have, like, around 200 staff members. Yeah, they, they, they have yeah. a lot. There's a lot. But then they also, I mean, like I said, they they kind of keep track of all of these things. Um, electricity, gas, um, 
water, sewer, sewer, steam. There's some steam cases that happen every once in a while. You know, what's interesting about the Missouri Public Service Commission staff is that it also extends beyond just the investor-owned utilities within Missouri. It's also the RTOs, the yes. markets. Oh, my. Right? And, and, and FERC issues, really, on a, on a federal level. Yeah, which so, uh, we've never really delved into the markets here on this podcast. Well, but as it pertains to the Office of Public Counsel, our, our yeah. statute doesn't extend beyond that. So right. really, oh yeah, really, we're 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 limited to Missouri centric. You're issues. bringing it back, right? Yeah, because I mean, one thing when the uh, legacy of George H. W. Bush, who just passed away, uh, one of the things he signed into law, I believe, in 1992, was the ability to create these these regional markets, uh, where, like, let's say, if you're an electric company in Missouri and you <coughs> produce more power than you need. I, tell me if you heard this concept before, Chaff. <laughs> if they produce more than they need, they can sell it somewhere that might need it. That is in MISO, which is in the part of, that is in the RTO that they're a part of. That's correct. And on the western side of the state, uh, they sell it to the Southwest Power Pool. Right. Uh, so we are a state that has two of those. Um, so that's something that we should probably have Steve Gaw or somebody come in and talk about that because he's really good with that stuff. But That would be a great guest. Actually, yeah. I should write that down. Steve yeah. Gaw, former public service commissioner, former speaker of the house, uh, now does a lot of work with the uh, with the markets uh, for wind. If, if if you get Steve Gaw on, be sure to ask him about entrance and exit fees into SPP. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds a, like was that like a rate case <coughs> issue some time ago? Uh, it, it's 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 a it's a hot issue that's in front of them right Ooh. now. So I do like those hot topics. Okay, so okay, so the public council, um, you know, you and really, what's interesting, um, and I got to be a little careful, I, I, I breach this, but like for a long time, it was kind of one of those jobs where if you knew this stuff and you'd been around, you did it, you did it for a long time. Uh, in the past, I don't know, let's say five years, um, that has become. It, I think I think it's an indication of how uh, utilities have become a little more, um, I don't know, controversial that you have seen more. Uh, public councils than you're used to. I mean, there was a woman who did this from like 1989 to 2001. She spanned like three governors. If you count Roger Wilson, I'm going to count Roger Wilson. He was governor. Uh, I'm sure Roger Wilson counts himself. I, I have no <laughs> doubt you, Governor Wilson, would like that. Right. Uh, and so she, you know, she did that for a long time. Uh, as Margaret Hogarty, I think. Yes. Was her name? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And but then Martha. Martha. Sorry if you're yeah. listening. Um. So, but then, like in the past five years, there's been four yes including the current one mark poston that's correct yeah i I know this yeah yeah and i did it uh for like a year i i was public counsel for like a year which honestly is hard for me to believe seems a lot longer it it, 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 it seemed like it was longer (laughs) yeah it it was it was quite a year you you made quite an impact oh boy is that what they call it (laughs) (laughs) so some people would say quite a mess. I don't know. Um, hey, Lark, what I did was, I mean, I'll just, you know, like when I was public counsel, I got appointed by uh, the Nixon administration to do that. Uh, it was Jay Nixon's last year's governor. Uh, the person who had it before me, Dustin Allison, had been working with Governor Nixon for a very long time and been working with him since he was attorney general. Uh, Dustin left to go work in St. Louis. They were really looking for somebody who was around, who could do it, and I had been working in another part, in another uh, part of the uh, um, of the administration, and I picked up the phone. So there I was, and I got smacked into this in a really controversial period, <laughs> and that's just what happened. But you know, you always like try to follow. 
what the statute said, and sometimes I think people had a very different idea of what this office was supposed to do. <clears throat> I, I, I think that's a fair characterization. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you probably downplayed yourself a little bit. You think here. so? You, you got a phone call? Then that's a... I mean, it was a conversation. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, it's a really, but it was, um, you know, I, I've, I've known a, a guy uh, named Jeff Harris who was policy director for Governor Nixon for his whole eight years. I've known him since, uh, how long, 2002, maybe is how long I've known him. And he'd always been a real champion of me. For a lot of you who might be listening to podcasts, you might not know that I had been a judge They'll let anybody be a judge as long as they have a law <laughs> license and they're 25. Uh, I got to do that for about 11 months. So I had that for approximately one month less uh, than I was public counsel. And um, I, I know I had a lot of friends uh, who saw potential in me that worked in Governor Nixon's <laughs> office. And so I always tried to live up to that. Um, but then, um, you know, political winds change. Uh, we had a new governor uh, who now is no longer governor. And uh, it just, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't public counsel anymore. But given the size of the office, yeah. and, and honestly, what, what amounts to, and I'm sure reasonable minds can differ on this, sure. but uh, a, a pretty modest budget. Uh, Incredibly modest budget, in you, my opinion. You had quite a platform. Uh, things have been dynamic for the past five years, and I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. The, the amount of policy issues, uh, you know, open up a, a newspaper, and I don't think you can get away with not reading something about what's going on in the energy field. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, there, there's a lot going on with it. I mean, that's the thing that I really liked about this job when I got it was, one, everyone here was, like, really smart and into what they were doing. Like, the people who do energy policy at statewide level at some, you know, I think it's safe to say that some of the more interesting things you can do in state government. Uh, there's a lot of functions of state government. Most of them are a little mundane and routine. Uh, we're not exactly processing unemployment checks here. That's important and that's crucial, but energy policy is very, you know, like I think about it right now when you think about all the changes and everything that could potentially happen uh, with the potential of renewables, energy efficiency, uh, with some of these other advancements and technologies out there that I'm, I'm not thinking about, some that I like, some that I don't, some that you might like, some that you might not. And it is, this is a period of time where I think it's safe to say we can have predictions about what it's going to look like, but we don't really know. So the reality is, like, people like you at the Office of Public Council, people like me have a chance to, to look at, dig into, and kind of have these smart arguments and conversations about what this is supposed to look like. I, I, James, I could not agree with you more. I mean, really what's taking place here is, is just a fascinating time. I... I, I always say that uh, I find what I do intellectually stimulating and that's that's such an understatement yeah I, I am never bored yeah I mean, every day there is something that you know I, I might be encountering it for the first time uh, and the issues that we're wrestling with here in Missouri Illinois is wrestling with Kansas yeah. is wrestling with in Alabama, different ways in, in, right in, in different ways and, and, and their answers to it are very different that's right um, and yeah that's the thing that's like so like when I lost my job at the state I was I, I did I hated that because I liked where I worked. I liked who I worked with. But then when this Renew Missouri position came up, like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know, like a month and a month and a half later, you know, I thought to myself, okay, well, one, there's not a lot of jobs in energy policy at the state level. There's about 20. <laughs> yeah, right. um, I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, there's a real fervid group of people doing it, but there's not a whole lot of us doing it. 
So, like, this opportunity to keep doing it, I thought, was really intriguing. But also the idea of working on renewable energy and energy efficiency at this time, at this place, seemed like the future to me. And I thought, well, okay, if you're going to have, like, any kind of positive, you know, policy impact, it's probably going to be in a job like this. And, you know, so the fact that I came back in, and, you know, what's funny is when I was public counsel, and you and I worked together, and I worked with some other really good people here, we had a lot of issues with renewable energy. And we had a lot of issues with energy efficiency. And, you know, all that came down to what are we expecting people to pay for? Is this something they can count on? Is this something that's good? And I, I think even, this is my opinion, you might disagree with it, even in the three years since I started as public counsel, I feel like the uh, arguments uh, for the reliability and the affordability of renewable energy sources has improved. It's different. Now, I think the, the approaches to it might still have challenges. And there's still legitimate arguments against it that if you are representing some other angle of the public interest, like, you know, as a not-for-profit, I represent an angle of the public interest who's interested in this topic. You have a statutory obligation to represent this other end of the public interest. But I think that ultimately that the, the approach is maybe, I don't know if it's easier, but, you know, I think we're seeing more paths that it's, it's more realistic. Well, I, I can definitely say it's dynamic. I mean, okay. what, 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 what you're seeing here, I, I, I don't think I'm boxing myself in by saying No, this. and I mean, I'm not trying right. to, I'm not trying to entrap you, General Flynn, <laughs> uh, with, with some sort of incriminating re re statement. Re re renewable <laughs> prices had, had dropped. Yeah. The, the, there, there's no question yeah. about that. Um, and, and, and clearly, you know, the, what's at work with the markets is, is something that's in flux and changing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. And I think... Um, you know, but that's always the problem. I mean, like, you know, one of the problems that we, you know, that our, that our group and your office kind of deal with is, yeah, we have all these, like, coal plants right now that have been around for a long time. And we want to see them get shut down because we don't like coal. We like renewable. That's Renew Missouri's position. But then, at the same time, there's been so much money put into them. Right. The utility companies have put so much money into them. And that's one of the reasons I think they're, they've been bad is because, I mean, you've got all this environmental compliance. It takes a lot of money to operate them and maintain them. And, you know, it's not like they just, you know, put that down in a book and say, oh, yeah, we paid that. <laughs> right. Like right. it goes over a, a number of years. And so and I think this is something you mentioned about stranded assets earlier when you're kind of doing your description. That's a concept that everyone has to wrestle with. And it's, it's one of the more legitimate arguments, I think, is out there is that you can't just shut these down because someone's going to pay the price for those. And ultimately, if it's going to be somebody who is a ratepayer that's living off $1,000 a month and fixed income, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think there's other solutions to it other than that. Um, but, I mean, that obviously is a big challenge in trying to make this transition. For, for me, I think it's probably one of the single biggest topics that, as an office, it's something that keeps me up at night, yeah. is, is really that stranded asset yeah. issue, right? Yeah. Uh, because when... The way utility regulation works is really you're, you're invest, you, you make a, a selection on, on that generation choice, and that's being paid off over generations. Yeah. I mean, like you're, you're really, you're, you're the definition of what they call path dependent. Yeah. So you've made a decision, you know, and 
smart minds years and years ago said, you know what, we're going to invest in, in coal or nuclear. Right. But the idea is that you would be locked into that for, again, for, for generations. I'll, I'll point to it. It beat whale oil at the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you look, you, you look at what's taking place in someplace like South Carolina, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so South Carolina, for, for you listeners out there that aren't familiar with it, uh, about five years ago, uh, the South Carolina utility that was present there decided that they were going to invest heavily in nuclear. Right. So they, they, they made a decision and they went all in on a nuclear power plant. Right. And when I say all in, I'm talking $4 billion. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Right. That's yeah. going to take several years to go ahead. Nuclear and is not cheap <laughs> to make. I mean, I, I think you can make an argument from, from an environmental perspective. It's like better than coal as far as emissions go and things like that. But it is certainly so much more volatile. Oh, and I've, uh, I, I think even from the, the environmental side, I think. I think environmentalists disagree on, you know, there's, there, there's conflict. In, in, there is. Right? Yes. Yeah, there is very much so. And it's, it's you know, the, 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 the point though I want to make about the South Carolina issue is that that nuclear power plant never actually came to fruition. The, the, the point being is that plant never actually got built. Right. So, yeah. But, but those costs didn't go away. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and one of the things that, that regulators are wrestling with now, and really the, the South Carolina General Assembly is who pays for that? Mm. Right, uh, I, I know who the utility <laughs> wants to pay for that. Yeah, and you know, in in one of our uh, mutual friends in an old office of public counsel, John Kaufman. Oh yeah, he's been he's been working on that case. Yeah, he's working yeah, on it right, right now. Yeah, so he's, right. he's representing AARP. Yeah, in in South Carolina. Yes, but that's uh, our friend John Kaufman, also former public counsel, also fired, also fired, <laughs> uh, and and now still working in the energy realm. Um, he works for Consumer Council, which I know they don't. They're not here as much as they used to be, but he also does a lot of work for AARP, the AARP, who uh, do have uh, some pretty serious agendas in regards to energy costs because, you know, they represent older Americans who are on fixed income or have limited uh, access to money, and so they are always, like, fighting that fight. Limited access to money, but really strong voters. Oh, they vote. They vote. Oh, yes, so, yes they vote. Yeah. Look at an old state like Missouri where we're dying, but all the old people vote. <laughs> so South Carolina has it. I mean, there's been other plants out there that have been contemplated, built, got built, didn't get used, and around the country. So, you know, I'll, I'll give you an illustration. If you were to go into the Truman Building today, on the third oh, floor, don't do that. There's, there, there's a big conference room <laughs> with this big, huge mural, right? And it's like all things Missouri. And what, Have it, I been in that room? It, 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 if you look at it, there's actually two uh, nuclear power stacks. Oh, two. Right? Two. We only got one. We only have one. Right. So, I But mean, we've talked about doing a second one before. Right, right. Yes. So so obviously that, that artist was very confident that, that a second nuclear oh, power heck plant. Yeah. So were a lot of people. Right. Um, and, you know, and that was a big thing. I mean, like, but we have this thing in Missouri, and I think this is something voters approve, that you can't, you have to, like, be, it has to be done before you can seek it to be put in your right case yes I mean, well sort of i mean that's that's a hard that's that might not really be a nuanced answer these days uh but let, let's say if we're trying to talk about this at like a very basic level the idea is is you build something and you come in and you say okay well i want to get reimbursed for this plus get a rate of return on what I built right, and I think the the term of art is what we say used and useful. Yeah, used and useful. Right, that's right. So I mean, that's like all these things that are out there. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember where we got talking about this, but this kind of got us to what 
uh, about some of the challenges with utility rate making and energy policy in Missouri right now is that, yeah, there's a lot changing, there's a lot going on, and a lot of people have a, a lot of passionate viewpoints about it. And, I mean, obviously, I have the right answer. <laughs> and so does Renew Missouri. But I imagine you probably think the Office of Public Counsel has the right answer and the right approach. Um, you know, I, I, I like to look at the Office of Public Council as, as agnostic. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, we're not favoring one fuel mix over the other. Um, I, You're more the, about cost. Well, the devil's in the details, right? Yeah, it always I mean, is. We, yeah. it, it really is. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's, personally, I, I have a, a, I, the biggest problem <clears throat> or biggest challenge that I think I face as an economist is trying to opine on what I would say is the all the above answer. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's, well, that's good. If that's good, it might be good within a vacuum, but you have to look at everything as being right, 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 right. So, um, and, and that's why we have a robust planning system here on the state of Missouri. Yeah. We've got something called an integrated resource planning process. The IRP. The IRP, right. When you talk about generational things, I was, I was going to make this comment, is that is a 20-year plan. It is. 20 years. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to, I'm hoping I have something to do in 20 years from now. Maybe I won't. Uh, hmm. But that, but that, like, but twenty years is a long time to think ahead. It, it is, it is a very long time. But that's really the nature of utility work, right? I mean, there, there isn't competition. Right. We have to plan for the future and what it might be, and that that requires a lot of assumptions, right? As as to what the future is going to look modeling like. Modeling and you yes, know. modeling. And really, that's all it is. An IRP is just a big, big yeah. modeling exercise. That's right. that's nothing more. They're not required to stick to it, but it is something that we like. Our group your office we look at that and say okay well because i always get comments from people that are involved with this i mean you're naturally your office is naturally involved with it we tend to get involved with that because that's a big thing about what our input is and i think we try to do a lot to you know exert the point of view of renewable energy and energy efficiency into this conversation uh and so we're always trying to say like are they doing enough are they not doing enough and i mean we've been pretty critical of utility companies in the state and what they are able to do. Um, I, I would say the IRP is probably the one thing that has uh, increased in emphasis since I entered into this world. It's it, it went from a modeling exercise to, oh my gosh, this is really predicting the future. Yeah. This, is, this is setting yeah. the stage for what's, what's coming on. I, I mean, I remember sitting in on Ameren conferences where we were saying, no way does solar make sense. No way does wind mm, make sense. Right. And, you know, just a couple of years later, yeah. you're, you're you're seeing a, a categorical change. And, and I, you know, I think they would also say too. I mean, you know, for a long time, this is kind of before I even got to Renew Missouri, that it was just pulling teeth. They didn't want to do it. They wouldn't do it. And I think now at this point, there is a lot of outside factors influencing it: the cost, tax credits, all these other things that they can take advantage of, that is pushing them to do that. And, um, you know, we obviously think that's great. <laughs> uh, but I also know that there's other points of view that have are more cautious, are more limited in their approach. Um, I mean, heck, even, you know, I mean, we're considered like an environmental group, which I think is, I mean, we are sort of. I mean, but, I mean, we, we want to see renewable energy and energy efficiency. Ultimately, that cuts down on, you know, emissions and everything else. But there are more environmental groups who have raised concerns about wind farms. And and so, you know, then I find myself getting frustrated with that, something to myself, oh my gosh, you know, this is way better than coal. 
is way better than nuclear from your point of view at the Sierra Club, as an example. There's other ones. I mean, the Sierra Club, NRDC, Nature Conservancy. These are some of the environmental groups we work with. But they have a different point of view than we do. They do. And, yeah. you, well, you know, one... Let me give you an illustrative example. And I say we. When I say we, I mean Renew Missouri, not me and Jeff Mark. Well, Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, OPC probably has a different view than, than those groups, too. On, I, on I know issues, you do, yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, yes. But, so, I'll, you know, this, and this, this might be instructive for, yeah. for, for your listeners. You know, two years ago, if I wasn't already weighing in on, on contested cases, all of my free time was going towards planning and adapting towards what I thought at the time was a foregone conclusion in the clean power plant. Oh yeah. Right. So that, that <laughs> remember was, that everybody, <laughs> that was something where we were preparing. We, we spent a considerable amount of time and energy, no pun intended, like working on how is this going to make sense for Missouri? How are we going to be able to roll this out with in Missouri? And then we essentially had federal policy that changed that or put put an end to that and it, that changed on a dime well yeah i mean i think that you know when we talk about what happens in utility rate making and we have what happens in you know this is a small office of public council renew missouri is a small group uh you don't think about what we're doing having this you know this kind of cosmic change or this seismic change like with the presidential election like we had in 2016. i heard everybody say hillary clinton was going to be president and she was going to win no problem Chris Coster is going to be the next governor of Missouri. No problem. And we all thought that. I mean, even if you were a Republican, you thought, well, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, and then it didn't happen. You know, we had a new governor. We had a different governor with a different approach. We had a president with a very different approach. And they're like, ah, renewable energy, clean power, not so much. You know, what's interesting about that is, irregardless of, of a lot of federal policy, I think what you're seeing is that innovation and and the market is speaking right so, yeah so obviously re irregardless of, of of a lot of federal policy there's people that are, are putting forward different innovations different technology one that jumps out at me and this is something we're talking about integrated resource planning right. our, our office actually teed this up it ultimately didn't get chosen but uh, <laughs> we had a lot of good ideas right. that never got chosen well, <laughs> Well, one of ours was actually to, to look at at, uh, at a certain type of battery technology. Oh yeah, right. And uh, big fan of that. And, and this battery technology was really just stacking concrete blocks. It sounds pretty I, simple, and it, it is. We might tweet out that uh, YouTube you sent of me when we send this out, um, because it's it's one. Of, well, I, I remember when you sent it to me. I thought to myself, I can't even like get people to build wind farms in the state, and now we're going to be looking at like this. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, like, and so we're looking at something here. I, I might, you might want to send that to me if it's something you can send to me, and we'll send it out because we have visuals here. I actually spoke to these guys yesterday on the phone. You did? Yeah, I reached out to them. Uh, so this, this is a group called Energy Vault. Yeah. Um, and you know, they they came up with what I think is if if they can pull it off. Yeah. I mean, like that. There's the rub, right? Yeah. I mean, if <laughs> if, if they can pull it off, would would be a pretty amazing technology um and it what it is is, is it's basically concrete blocks and and stacking through through cranes but but it would allow you to go ahead and and get cost advantage battery technology in place that just is not currently on the market there's a lot of details that go into what you just explained but it's basically the concept of using gravity to produce power Right, 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 I mean, right, and right. like, and so if, if, and this is going to be a crude uh, analogy because it's not precise, but like, okay, 
if you're familiar with Missouri, uh, there's the Tom Sock Reservoir down in Iron and Reynolds County in very, very south central, very rural Missouri. Beautiful part of the world, by the way. But there's this big mountain and there's this big million gallon reservoir on it. And what Ameren does with that to make power is they basically take water from that and drop it down a hill and drop it back up. And that creates this force. And I don't know how electricity works. So don't make me explain it. But I mean, like basically it's able to generate power. And so like they use the force of gravity to do that, which is what this does. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I, could, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah. what, 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 what James is describing is pumped hydro. And yes. it's, it, it's, it's a very efficient, clean technology. Uh, it, it's hard it's, to find a way to do it because you got to have like real varying uh, elevations to do it. You, in fact, I, and I could be wrong here, but, but essentially we've, we've tapped as much pumped hydro as we can, as we can in the United States because of, uh, uh, of, of all sorts of zoning restrictions from the Department of Interior. Yeah, because, I mean, one thing that I hear people tell me all the time, and I had a conversation with a business person last week, I won't say who it was, but we were talking about mines and whether you could do it in mines. And he was like, you know, we tried to do this, like, in, like, Hawaii, and it was going to take 20 years to go through all the licensing. Right. and, 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 And all the procurement for that. And so you could do it, but it just, it's impossible to do. Right. Like, as far as, like, from a... Uh, from that red tape regulation, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, but but that even that illustrative example you gave is is really informative because when you select something like this, I mean, first of all, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge investment. It's not cheap. And the red tape you're talking about is 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 no joke. The the amount of regulation, not only you know at the state level, at the federal level, between conservation, U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Right. SEC. I mean, yeah. it's it's acronym alphabet. I mean, right? <laughs> the TLAs, folks. Three letter <laughs> acronyms. Yeah. And it's it's you're <laughs> here's and here's the rub. You're moving forward with a huge capital investment, and you're banking on that being the choice moving forward. And you get something like Energy Vault that comes around yeah. here that could undercut that by half. Right, right. If, if that technology comes forward, and that's what you're seeing, I think that's that's so amazing in the sector right now is that things are moving so quickly, right? So quickly, yeah. So, but it costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time to do these things, and you're talking about twenty years of planning. And so, when you get this innovation or you see something new, it's hard to stop this on a dime and say, right. okay, we should try something else, right? Because a lot of people put a lot of money and a lot of effort into some other innovative thing from. 10 years ago and now all of a sudden there's something new which is great but it also like when you have people say like we should do this or this and i'm like ah man like uh what about the one thing (laughs) that we were supposed to be talking about yeah um i go to these conferences and i talk to these people at national level and they start talking about these new ideas they've heard about in like you know Luxembourg or wherever, you know i'm like oh i can't wait to go to jefferson city and convince people that will work (laughs) I, I can't wait to see what they say. <laughs> I always joke when, whenever I'm at a uh, at a conference, and uh, I, I take a perverse sort of pleasure in this joke too. Is uh, that uh, uh, Missouri's never been accused of being a first mover? Uh, no, yeah, we're we're the show me state, and yeah. for for better or worse, I think um, I mean it is what it is. So so from my vantage point, uh, when I look at policy moving forward. The sanity check that I do, first of all, is, well, 
where has it worked in other places? Yeah. How is right? How, and usually it's like, well, how did California deal with this, right? And I'm like, great, that's another good argument to use in <laughs> Jefferson City. They love being just like California here. <laughs> or Massachusetts, or uh, what's the other one they really like? Uh, Oregon. Oh, I yeah. was. <laughs> I remember being on. <laughs> Being on the witness stand at one point and, and referencing some low-income program in California, and I think I think there was a collective groan. Oh, I think everyone should have just pelted you with cabbage. Oh, uh, yeah. At, at, <laughs> at, that, at that moment, I'd already lost my audience. So I was like, all right, all right. Yeah, they were like, oh, good one. <laughs> yeah, so that's like, I, I think somebody, Carl Robigo said this to me once. He said, we want to be first to be second or third. <laughs> That's what we want here in Missouri, right? Like we, that's what we want. And uh, so, Carl, if you're listening, I hope I gave you attribution for that. So, um, yes, this is tough. Like, I think what you're talking about, like, I watched that and I was captivated by it. I think it's amazing. I'd love to see it work. But then I think to myself, who's going who's gonna to be the utility that says, like, oh, yeah, we're going to totally do this? That's a great question, and with, with, and I asked that question to Energy Vault because right now what, what that whole concept is, the whole concrete blocks and gravity business, has is, is only been done on a pilot stage, very small in Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, but uh, according to Energy Vault, they're, they're planning on having a, an announcement here in the next month, and they've got solicitations uh, as a proof of concept idea in, in various different countries. Yeah. According to Energy Vault, they, they feel like they can have commercially viable energy storage, at least two examples of it, by July of 2019. And if that's the case... In this, in this country. Well, one of the bids is, in, is, is a U.S. utility. Apparently, one's a U.K. utility. Okay. Uh, India. Uh, okay. Tata, which is like the largest yeah, yeah. Uh, India. Now, India's got, I mean, what do they got? 1.4 billion people there. Right. Uh, a lot less land mass in China. Right. Uh, and they've got, I mean, oh my gosh, they've got a lot of energy needs there. And not always doing a great job of it. <laughs> yeah, and that's... that. that that's, I mean, sorry, India. Yeah. I mean, that's... That, that's, that, that's <laughs> When we're looking at things on a macro level, that's the big challenge, right? Because yeah. you mean you start talking about you know the impact of renewables. Really, it, it needs to extend just what those up and coming countries are dealing with, right? Those emerging states that are right. bringing on. You know, and India is a really good example that I remember reading an article here recently in the Economist that that referenced that a uh, a, a point of economic uh, well being, essentially a, a vanity status in in. Yeah. in, in in India was actually having uh, roof window air conditioning units. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, you imagine just multiplying like millions and millions <laughs> yeah. and millions. They're not of... exactly efficient, folks. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's an <laughs> enormous amount of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it's a challenge. I mean, whenever we talk about things in the United States, everyone says like, oh my gosh, you know, what China and India puts out as far as emissions is, you know, something that is going to dwarf anything the United States does. But I mean... They are actively doing it. I mean, China has said they want to have X amount. They want all their cars to be EV by, like, the not this next decade, but the following decade. I mean, so they're working on it. I, I would say they're working on it maybe more than we are. I mean, they've got more public transportation there, for example. But, I mean, you know, it's just... Um, we could do this, like, all day, what we're talking about. Like, I feel like Easily. I should just... Like, this podcast should be coming down here and saying, like... Hey, what did you just read? And we should like talk about that because I really meant for this to be like kind of a light, fun thing. This is going to be dropping right after Christmas and right before New Year's. And so, if you're traveling, you're bored around the house, uh, or you're you're trying to pretend like you're working, uh, you can listen to this. But like, I think this has been like I we've talked about this stuff like 
future stuff. But that, I think that the whole point was that's why this is such an exciting it is. field it to is. work in. Yeah. And I wanted to really get into, like, the consumer perspective on things, but I think maybe we kind of did that. I, I think so. And, I mean, you know, the, the, what's I'll, I'll leave it at this. Uh, yeah. The Office of Public Counsel represents consumers, and there, there's one thing that's consistent is that the consumers have a lot of different opinions, right? And, uh, and, 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 yeah, they do. And, I mean, yeah, and some consumers, I mean, like, if you look at polling, some consumers are willing to spend more money for renewables. Sure. Some are like, I don't have any money. <laughs> and, I mean, what's amazing to me, and the thing that always... I don't even think people think about it. like there's a lot of people out there who don't pay taxes because their income because they are poor or retired or because their income is not tax deductible. They all pay utility bill. I can't emphasize this <laughs> enough. Maybe, maybe this is teeing up the next conversation that we have. Sure. Yeah. But, but I, I think you can't not look at energy policy moving forward and other elements like that. And yeah, e economic inequality is, is absolutely one of them. Oh my gosh. If, if, yeah. If you, if you, we're 10 years removed from our recession. I mean... <laughs> and like six months from another one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, if something like if that lucky. hits, if something like that hits, that will have an impact on energy policy. Oh. It, it cannot. Well, and cause, yeah, because I mean, like, I, I don't think you were doing this 10 years ago. I wasn't doing this two years, 10 years ago. I mean, I was, well, I was in private practice litigation, um in Springfield, Missouri, and I can tell you people stopped paying their bills really fast when all that went went down. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, like, but I can only imagine um, what this is going to look like. Because, I mean, we have dealt with, like, the economic development aspect of utility policy, and, and we talk about this a lot in New Missouri. What drives businesses to, to our state? My argument is, in a lot of cases, it's access to renewable energy. That's one of my arguments I make. I don't think large businesses have enough access to it, which I think is why they're moving to states like Iowa and Illinois, and they're not moving here. Uh, I think that's why Apple is investing billions of dollars in Iowa. That's why Facebook, Google is putting data centers there, is because they can they can have access through third-party PPAs. As an example, I, I will say this: so just a, a little bit of a retort to that. Renew has absolutely been an advocate for for that that perspective, and was instrumental in really moving along a lot of the green tariff policy yeah. that, that we had that ultimately OPC did sign on to. You did. Yes. And I mean, you know, and that's, and that's the thing, like, you know, I, you know this green tariff stuff that, that Jeff mentioned, I don't even really know if we've had a podcast about this, but we've talked about it in some of our emails. Yes. Businesses can get access to wind if they sign onto a contract over uh, like 15 years, I think is what Airman's is. And they kind of lock into a price and they will be able to get that access. I mean, and it's, it's, um, I think I know the number on it. I don't think I can say how much has been, how much they've got signed up. It's a, it's a good amount. They're on, they're on a good path to getting it done. KCPL yeah. as well, and they've done it. Right. That was approved in their last right case. Right. But Weststar, uh, which is now part of KCPL, uh, the, the Wichita paper just a couple of weeks ago was talking about how wildly successful that's been. They've hit 100. Hmm. percent They're like expanding it and everything else. And so, you know, it is obviously something that corporate America is interested in. It's something that a lot of municipalities are interested in. You look at the resolutions that have been uh, voted on in St. Louis and Kansas City and Columbia. Um, here in Missouri, just in Missouri, that's significant. Oh, yeah, I should also say Renewed Gurus is brought to you by Sun Solar, uh, the number one fastest growing uh, solar company in Missouri. Start saving on your electric bills now by using Sun Solar. 
Sorry, I almost left that out. So, Jeff Mark, uh, once again, we want to thank you uh, for being on here. You're great. We have a million things going on, so we appreciate you doing that. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, I've been James Owen. This is Renew Gurus. Uh, if you like what you heard, or at least like part of it, until <laughs> so we started talking about John Hughes movies, uh, you know, go share this on social media. Go subscribe to this on Stitcher, on Apple TV. Leave a review if you like it. And, uh, yeah, and also we're still doing our year-end appeal, so you got a couple more days to, like, give a tax-deductible donation. So please do that. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting things we want to do in 2019, and we can only do that with your help. Uh, so thanks again. Happy holidays, and we'll see you in the new year.